The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 11 Grace absent-mindedly ended the call. Her vision darkled at the edges. Everything around her began to swim. She dropped her phone and reached for the counter. Grace, honey, what's wrong? Grace turned to see who had spoken to her. It was her mother. Mom, she said, I, I think I'm in trouble. Worry creased Jennifer's face. She nervously brushed back a strand of her dark brown hair and began wringing her hands together. Who were you speaking to? What did they say that made you so upset? Grace steadied herself against the counter. The weight of Nephi's words pushed down on her soul. With a shaky voice, she said, Justin killed himself in the juvenile detention center this afternoon. Zach and Jessica had come into the kitchen. They were all physically moved by Grace's revelation. How did he do it? Zach asked. This question drew a stern look from his mother. What? he said. I just asked what everyone else is thinking. He took a pen from the psychiatrist that was speaking with him, Grace said. He used it to stab himself in the heart. No one spoke for a long moment. Finally, Jim cleared his throat and said, Who was that on the phone? Grace nervously bit her lip. It was Nephi. The girl we saw at the Happy Kaiju? Yes. Are you sure she's correct? Who is Nephi? Jennifer asked. Grace looked at her mother. Just a girl I know from school. And, yes, Uncle Jim, I'm sure she's correct. She said that the police are going to want to talk to me uh, about Justin's suicide. Why? Jennifer asked. This information made her even more worried. She wrapped her arms around herself and began to pace the kitchen. Why would they want to speak to you about any of that? Grace felt a lump form in her throat. It was as if some invisible stalker had snuck up on her and was slowly applying pressure to her neck, threatening to choke the life from her. Because... Because, Jennifer prompted a little too sharply, come on, honey, we have to know. Jim stepped over and put his arm around Grace. No matter what Nephi said, your load will only get lighter if you share it with us. The police found a diary at Justin's house, Grace replied. He wrote in it that I told him to kill Brandon. What? Jennifer said. Oh, dear Lord, did you tell him to do that? Grace stared in disbelief at her mother and shook her head. How can you ask me that, Mom? I mean, really, how could you think that I would try to get Justin or anyone to commit murder? I don't think your mother meant that as it sounded, Jessica said, trying to defuse the situation. 
I'm sure what she meant to ask is if you knew of any reason Justin would think you wanted him to hurt Brandon. Grace shook her head. Absolutely not. I've only spoken to him a couple of times this year because he's in a couple of my classes. And then it was only to ask a a question about homework or whatever. Jessica considered this for a moment. Has he ever asked you out? No. He never even acted as if he liked me. In fact, I thought he was either dating Marcy or was gay. Why is that? Jessica asked. She took a pen and pad of paper from a drawer and began taking notes. Her instincts as an attorney were kicking in. Well, the whole goth thing, Grace replied. He and Marcy dressed alike and hung out all the time, and Marcy seemed to hate it the few times that I spoke with him, which made me think that they were together. But... Then I never saw them hold hands or kiss or anything, so that made me think that he was gay or just hung out with Marcy as a friend. Jessica shook her head. With a heavy sigh, she said, Either way, this whole situation is a mess. It seems our kids nowadays can't find anything to live for. This statement struck a chord with Jim. Exactly he said. They get caught up in the darkness of the world and can't seem to find the light. There's always something worth living for. You just have to open your eyes and look around you. The doorbell rang, and Jim stepped into the living room and opened the door. Two men in dark suits stood on the deep Victorian porch. Excuse me, the older of the two said. He looked to be in his mid-fifties, with specks of gray in his hair, and his suit was rumpled. His eyes were hardened due to too many years watching people lie, cheat, steal, and kill. I'm Detective Martin. He pointed to his partner, a sharp-dressed black man in his early thirties. This is Detective Quill. Are you Jim Keene? Yes, I am, Jim said, offering his hand. How can I help you, gentlemen? We're looking for Grace McCobb. We went to her house. She wasn't there, and a neighbor suggested we come here. Is she with you? She is, Jim said. Is this about Justin Jones killing himself? Detective Martin looked genuinely surprised. He cast a sideways glance at his partner. Yes. It is. We just found out a few minutes ago, Jim said, and we were just discussing it. Detective Quill asked, Is she okay? Yes, thank you, she is. If you'll follow me, I'll take you to her. Jim led them back into the house. Everyone had moved into the den, which was spacious and comfortably furnished with an oversized sofa and chairs. After Jim introduced the detectives, Jessica stood and offered them her card, indicating that she was an attorney. Gentlemen, she said, I am Miss McCobb's aunt. Terrible things have happened, and we want to help you get to the truth. However, I will be acting as her attorney during this interview. 
The detectives gave each other a look that suggested they were leaning toward the idea of Grace being guilty simply because she now had an attorney. Jessica noticed this look and said, I understand that you both deal with bad people every day, but I caution you about making up your minds before you hear all the facts. Detective Martin looked as if he had just smelled something foul. Miss McCobb, he said, how do you know Justin Jones? Grace cleared her throat and nervously picked at the helm of her shirt. He's in a couple of my classes at school. Were you two dating? No, Grace said a little too sharply. I didn't know him that well. We only had spoken a few times this year. What about? Quill asked, inserting himself into the interrogation. School assignments, Grace replied. He sits next to me in, in a couple of classes. I can only recall asking him about homework, stuff like that. Detective Quill considered her response. Did you tell Justin Jones to kill Brandon Decker? Absolutely not, Grace said. I never in a million years would tell anyone to do something like that. Did you lead him on in any way? Quill asked. No, Grace said, emphatically shaking her head. Never. Quill pressed her. Why do you think he would write in his journal that you told him that he needed to kill Brandon Decker to prove his love for you? I have no idea, Grace said. None whatsoever, Detective Martin asked. His stare seemed to bore into her as he read every micro-expression. None. Maybe he had some sort of crush on me that I didn't know about, and he misconstrued my asking him about homework as some sort of come on. Martin gave a look that suggested he had not thought of this possible scenario. Maybe, he said, but the fact that he wrote what he did implicates you in his attempt to murder Brandon Decker. It makes you an accessory not only to attempted homicide, but also his suicide. Martin held out a hand toward his partner. Quill reached inside his suit jacket and produced a leather-bound journal secured inside a plastic bag. Evidence was written across the front of the bag in bold red letters. I have the journal here, Miss McCobb. It was clear that the detectives were showing the journal to rattle Grace. Jessica placed her hand on Grace's shoulder and gave it a reassuring squeeze. You know as well as I do that whatever is written in there is only circumstantial. It is obvious that Justin was disturbed. It is very plausible that he had some sort of sick infatuation with Grace and was delusional. It happens all the time. It's enough to place her under arrest, Quill said. What? No, Jennifer said. Her face paled and she stepped between Grace and the detectives. Grace's mouth hung open. Her eyes were wide with shock. But I didn't tell Justin to kill anyone. Jessica motioned for everyone to calm down. Then she turned back to the detectives. 
if you had enough concrete evidence, you would have made the arrest already. Quill nodded at Martin, who removed his handcuffs from his belt. He moved toward Grace, motioning for her to stand up. You're really going to arrest me? Grace said. She was trembling, her voice shaky, tears welled up in her eyes. Before either of the detectives could reply, Quill's cell rang. He snatched it from his pocket, held it to his ear, and said, Detective Quill. He listened for a moment, his face contorting into confusion. What? he said. Who is this? Everyone in the room watched with growing curiosity as Quill motioned for Martin to open the evidence bag. He tilted his head against his shoulders to hold the cell phone against his ear and put on latex gloves. He removed the journal from the evidence bag. Okay, I've got it, he said. Now what? Quill listened for another moment. He opened the journal to its beginning and intently scrutinized what was written. Okay, he said. What am I supposed to be looking at? What's going on? Detective Martin asked. Quill ignored his partner and turned to the last page in the journal that had writing on it. I'm there, he said. He flipped between the first and the final entries a few times. I see it, he said. But I need to know who you are. Grace looked over at Jessica, who was carefully watching both detectives. Detective Quill disconnected the call and dropped his cell into his coat pocket. He handed the journal to Martin, who began comparing the last entry to the first, just as Quill had done. He looked up and scowled. It seems you've been granted a reprieve, Miss McCobb, Quill said. What do you mean? Jessica asked. Quill took the journal back from Martin and put it back into the evidence bag. That was a very strange call, he said. The caller suggested that I compare the handwriting of the last entry to the first. And, Jessica prompted, It looks as if the handwriting of the last few entries in the journal is different than the handwriting in the first entry. But that could be because he was in an agitated state of mind. What does that mean? Jennifer asked. Her heart was pounding so hard you could see it beating against her chest. Grace feared her mother was about to have a heart attack. It means, Jessica said, that it is plausible that someone else wrote those last entries. I don't get it, Grace said. It's possible that you're being set up, Jessica said. Someone wrote those last entries to make it look like you were trying to get Justin to kill Brandon. But why would anyone set me up? Grace asked. She was scared, but there was now hope in her voice. Instead of answering her, Jessica fixed her stare on Quill. May I ask who that was that called? Quill shrugged. She only gave me her first name. So? Jessica prompted. Sarah, Quill replied. She said her name was Sarah.